Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of the Believe It's Dealer Show. I'm Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion in Pittsburgh, Steeler Scott Ike Taylor. IT, it's been too many moons since I've seen your face. Good morning and happy Tuesday. Man, it's been a lot of moons, so that means it's been a lot of nights, but we're back in action during the daylight. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Let's get right into this because we have a lot to discuss here on today's right. pod. Zach Robinson is going to interview for the Steelers offensive coordinator position. Ike, first and foremost, coming from the McVeigh coaching tree with the Rams staff right now, but I did not realize the connection that Zach Robinson had with Mason Rudolph, who's due to become an unrestricted free agent, and how that could potentially be a pairing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Creativity. And it's always about when you talk about anything in life, it's all about and what you know they say is who you know. <laughs> so that that means the connection part of it. But I mean, when you talk about Sean McVeigh, you talk about creativity. When you talk about Sean McVeigh, you talk about a OC um slash head coach. And what I mean by the rhythm, it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of people that can't catch the rhythm when it comes down to being an OC. And what I mean by rhythm is day two or three um series ahead of uh, ahead of a defensive coordinator or ahead of the game and when you when i think about sean mcveigh i always call we always call sean mcveigh talking on our show mark um a beautiful mind you know because he's always a series or two ahead of what he thinks the defensive coordinator wants to do or a series or two on how he wants to manipulate a defense or a series or two on understanding who has the hot hand on his offense that game. And that's rather fine, you know? So um, when I look at a series, I look at a pitcher closing, you know, you got a pitcher who's, who's in baseball, man, comes down to it. He gets in that zone and he already knows what the batter's like and how the batter's been going throughout the course of the game. So he knows the exact pitch to pitch to close the game out. When I look at somebody, in a rhythm, I look at a quarterback. I look at a quarterback, whether it's off script or whether it's on script. He gets that third foot back, that fourth foot back. He's letting it go because he's in the matrix and he sees exactly what the defense is doing off of a pre-snap read. When I look at a series, I look at a Sean McVay. When I think of a Sean, when I think of a Zach Robinson, you know, I think of a Sean McVay as I like not not necessarily his dad, but he's been coached by a person when it comes down to the offensive side, a beautiful mind. So. Yeah, Zach, my, Zach Robinson, when I think of, you know, uh, that coaching tree, when it comes down, when it comes from Sean McVay, I just think of creativity and a beautiful mind. And you just put the, you know, cherry on top of the cake when you said uh, Mason Rudolph. Um, if it wasn't for Mason Rudolph the last three, four games on the way he played, Pittsburgh wouldn't have been in a position to be in the playoffs. So, um, and we just said it starting off with the show. It ain't what you know is who you know. Yeah, so Ike, Zach Robinson, the passing coordinator for the Rams, actually trained Rudolph ahead of the NFL draft and trained him in advance of the uh, the draft. Robinson, also a quarterback back in the day for Oklahoma State. So there are connections there between Rudolph and Robinson. And you mentioned the McVay coaching tree, and this was one of my big criticisms of the Canada offense, Ike, was wasted motion or motion where you're not getting the ball to the motion man 
other than end rounds. And that's something that we've seen the Rams consistently do. And I look at mismatches in getting receivers open consistently. It's getting Cooper Cup open consistently when everyone knows that it's coming in the Super Bowl two years ago. And then this past season with Puka Nakua as well, I believe a fifth round pick and had one of the most productive seasons we've ever seen from a rookie receiver in the history of the league. I mean, Sean, just get when it comes down to a receiver, you need to call him the receiver whisperer, you know, because nobody thought Cooper Cup would be Cooper Cup. Um, Puka Luka Natoa, nobody thought he would be who he, <laughs> hold on, did I say it right? <laughs> you can put, I think you're getting Puka Nakua and Luka Doncic mixed up, Mike. But. Yes. <laughs> Puka Lakua, I'm sorry. No, no, nobody, nobody thought uh, Puka Lakuka. Puka Nakua. And to our Lakua. listeners and viewers, yeah, have yeah. mercy on I'm Ike sorry, Taylor. Have mercy on Ike. No, have more than mercy. Have some grace with me. Uh, no, no, nobody thought uh, Puka Lakua. Nakua with oh. an N. With an N. Oh, Nakua. I'm sorry. Why, is, why I keep saying I'm thinking about Lakua. You're thinking of Luca and hoops. Yeah, 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 yeah. My bad, Nicole. My bad. I had you on my fantasy. That should be even worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, nobody thought Nicole would uh would come out and just like take over Storm. Um, what he's doing, that's what Cooper Cup was doing for the past three, four years. Just like being being very uh, not even aggressive on 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 his route running. But being very smooth and savvy. When you when you look at Nicole, you just look at Cooper Cup and they just look like the same person, just a younger version. You know, he's just like a younger version of Cooper Cup. Um, when you look at his style of play, when you look at his movement, when you look at how smart he is, because messing around with messing around with Cooper Cup, whenever Cooper retired, if Sean McVay is still head coach somewhere, he would be a offensive coordinator slash a wide receiver coach ASAP. Um, because that's that's just how beautiful of a mind he got as well. But just looking at that wide receiver, that wide receiver tandem between uh, Nicole and, and Cooper Cup, it's just uh, you just look at Sean McVay, and every time uh, Sean McVay had a receiver, probably a receiver you didn't like, probably a receiver um, coming out of college that you didn't have a high grade on. Sean McVay gonna prove you wrong, and he's been doing it year after year after year after year after year. Whether you're a veteran guy and you're trying to get back into the game, like an OBJ before he got hurt, I, mm-hmm. I really do believe OBJ didn't get hurt. That he was gonna have the MVP. Um, he was on his way, I thought. But then you get him because he's he was coming off an injury. He was coming from the Cleveland Browns. Mike, what about the, Baker Mayfield too? In the in the in few a games, games that he played for the Rams, in a couple, in a couple of games. We all thought Baker Mayfield was on his way out. And Sean McVay said, look, I want you just to be you. I love your personality, your attitude. But now my playbook going to be kind of tough. He wound up winning a few games. You know, then you get this rookie. And uh, Nicole, when you get this rookie like this, and he's just taking the NFL by storms, you just relapse. I just relapse. Me personally, like, this Cooper Cup all over again, just a younger version. So this is what Sean McVay does whether he's rotating his running backs, whether he's getting some low tight end draft picks and making them look good. Sean McVay just understands that he knows. That's what I'm saying. When when the offensive coordinator catches a rhythm, what Sean McVay does all the time 
it's hard. OCs don't know how to catch rhythms. The Kyle Shanahan's catch rhythms. The Sean McVay's catch rhythms. Uh, the Andy Reid's catch rhythms. All these offensive coordinators, um, when they catch rhythms and play calling, it's just like, you know, again, it's, it's just like a beautiful mind. It's hard for a defensive coordinator to stop them because they're a couple of plays ahead of them. The rhythm, Ike, what I wanted to ask you was what characteristics does the Steelers' new offensive coordinator need to have in 2024 and beyond? What does that candidate, what does that person need to bring to the table from day one in getting this offense right? My personal opinion, my personal opinion, establishing the run game. So that that got to be off the road because it's, it's like every division got their own style. Like when AFC is what? It's bully ball. You know, there's nothing finesse about the AFC. And when you talk about the AFC, you talk about AFC North. Um, it's what I'm talking about. It's, you know, Nick Chubbs. Um, it's Najee. Uh, who else we got? It's it's uh, from Cincinnati. Joe Mixon. It's Joe Mixon. Um, I'm missing one. Um, it's 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 Lamar Jackson. It's Gus Edwards. It's it's Hill. It's it's a plethora. It's a plethora of, of teams in the AFC North. If they want to, they just gonna run the ball. So when you when I when I look at it, I look at it. You know, especially dealing with the AFC North, man, we gotta establish the run. Now, how you do it? How Zach how Zach Robinson wants to do it. He can do it however he won't do it, in my mind, because I'm sure he's going to find a way if he's the new OC or whoever's the new OC. But then after that, man, you got you got Pat Fairmoth. You got, you got, um, I'm drawing a blank. You got George, George Pickens. You have Deontay Johnson. You have Hayward, um, Hayward the Jack all trades. He can play fullback, tight end. Fourth receiver, then you got Calvin Austin third. It's just like you just got a plethora of you got Jalen Warren sitting behind. You can go one or two. You can go Najah. You can go Jalen. You just you got at, at the offense position. You got everything at your disposal of talent. Now it's on you on who's got the hot hand and who you want to have a rhythm. That's what I look at. So for me, man, you know, you know how I feel about the offense, uh, Mark. If me and you, the offense coordinator, man, we won't be shortcutted on no talent from receivers to tight ends to running backs and quarterbacks. Now it's just on us, Mark, if we was the OCs to, okay, man, hey, let's establish this run. Let's let's see what the defense can stop. Let's see what they can't stop. And you already know we got some receivers that's, you know, <laughs> all world receivers. And we got a tight end that don't mind running people over. Just keep looking at the tape. And we got two running backs, one is thunder and one is lightning. So that's that's how I look at uh, from an OC perspective. We're not short of talent at all. Um, and then, you know, you got offensive linemen who played as a rookie in Broderick. And then you got another rookie from the same school, Georgia Darnell, um, Sasquatch, Manchild, however you want to call him. <laughs> Mount Washington, Ike. Uh, Mount Washington, whatever whatever you want to call him. Just know he, he's, he's a grown man. <laughs> he's a grown man, so... It's a plethora of talent sitting over there, man. So it's going to be interesting to see, one, who we hire, two, if if they can catch a rhythm. Let me piggyback off the personnel point, Ike. Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth both entering contract seasons in 2024. 
I expect a high level of production from both players. Now I'd like to see an OC remember that Pat Fryermuth is on the roster. I know Fryermuth has battled injuries. They did not target him nearly enough. And the only game where, to me, it was a priority was in the very first game after they had fired Matt Canada against Cincinnati where Fryermuth absolutely went off and played in what my opinion was his best game as a Steeler. That's something I would like to see this year is consistently get him the football because he's very good at making plays, a mismatch for linebackers, a size discrepancy against defensive backs. I want to say one other thing too, Ike, when you mentioned establishing the run, because we'll mention a few other names here in the Steelers OC search, but Eric Bieniemy is inevitably going to be one of them. His future in Washington is unclear because the commanders fired Ron Rivera. They're going to have a new general manager. They're bringing in right. new ownership. Bob Myers is coming over from the Golden State Warriors. Eric Bieniemy this past season, the commanders passed the ball more than any other team in football. 37 pass attempts per game trying to get it right with Sam Howell. So if you bring in an Eric Bieniemy, he's going to have to change his style a little bit to adapt specifically to the Steelers personnel. Yeah. Oh, you know, right, right. I mean, I know EB. I know EB personally. So, you know, for me, for me, I know EB. EB played running back. Right. <laughs> no. Right. So when you hit me with these stats, I'm like, dang, EB hit me up on the jack, bro. Let's talk about the run first before the passing. But um, but that's just what it is. I'm I'm sure EB will uh if EB was to be um a Steelers OC, um he will have to adjust. He will adjust. Uh, he has no problem with that. And deep down in my heart. So we shall see. But yeah, Mark, I think you and I both agree. You coming to Pittsburgh. Uh, our first thing we need to do is establish a run in my mind. A few other names I want to mention, like Daryl Bevel out there, Alex Van Pelt, uh, Pep Hamilton, Clint Kubiak as well. Shane Waldron off the board. He's going to be the next offense coordinator of the Chicago Bears. But I this search... As we get more and more names of candidates, the Steelers interviews, the names I listed are just, okay, who could potentially be the next guy? Mike Tomlin says this last week, though. It's coming from outside the organization, and it's coming from someone who has previous NFL coaching experience, preferably someone who has been a coordinator before. But this was music to my ears because when the offense hasn't been right and the quarterback play hasn't been what it's needed to be, really in the last few years of Ben Roethlisberger's career, the Steelers need to figure out a way for their offense coordinator to raise the level of quarterback play, Ike, because I look at not just what the Steelers have done or haven't done, I look at the AFC as a whole with what was a gauntlet at the quarterback position and what's even better than that we thought it was with the emergence of young players like a CJ Stroud this year. So they're not going anywhere. They're just going to continue to get better and better as they progress and get more experience because not only is the quarterback position talented in the AFC, it's also very young in the AFC. Yeah. I mean, the, the NFL from this point on, when it comes down to young quarterbacks, they're in good hands for the next 20 years. That's, that's, Amen, that's Ike. what it is. Uh, I mean, when you, you can look at it from the NFC, Joe Love, this is just really official first year of being, you know, a starter and seeing what they took. If it wasn't for a two, you know, two missed drops on the defense, probably two of them to the house, they would have been playing an NFC divisional game against against the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, just it was just Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens time. Um, but obviously, 
uh, CJ Stroud and company, they, they just didn't hit on a few uh, mishaps they should have hit on in that game. The game could have been all the way different. But when you just look at CJ and company, and I'm talking about CJ Stroud sitting in the AFC, uh, before you know it, before you know it, if teams don't catch up and get their mind right, they're going to have to go through Houston. <laughs> because this young man ain't playing. He's special. Don't talk about a rookie that is out the window. He's playing way beyond his years. So um, we already know what Patrick Mahomes is doing. We already know what Josh Allen is doing. Um, we already know what Lamar is doing. Um, Burrow. Justin Herbert, does Trevor yeah. Lawrence get it right? I mean, like, Ike, it's it's, it's nuts. It's, it's 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 a plethora of talent, especially in the AFC. Mess around in the AFC if you want to. Um, a lot of coaches, a few coaches gonna get extended. A lot of coaches gonna get fired. That's just that's just what it is because the talent off the off of the past seven eight guys you just named at that quarterback position, they're gonna be in the playoffs and it's gonna be damn near every year. You know, so, uh, yeah, for sure, I think we'll get it right. But um, who's really impressive to me outside of the Pittsburgh still is at that quarterback position. And I think me and you probably on the same page with this one, the CJ, CJ Stroud, bro. I mean, this dude, this dude is going to be a hand for, for his rookie year to come in and uh, go to a hostile environment, win one, but then go to, I mean, go, go into a, a very hostile environment and, and, and fight. And it could have, it could have, after halftime, after halftime, it could have went a few different ways. The Ravens just capitalized on um, things the Texans didn't do. So that's how I look at it. But far as like the quarterback position, Mark, you, you, you hit on like seven of them just now, man. In the AFC, like, we ain't even start. We ain't even start at the Mount Rushmore. We just talking about Patrick Mahomes. Like Patrick Mahomes didn't have what he what we was used to him seeing work with when it came down to that wide receiver position. And the man is right back in the AFC Championship. Them the kind of stories we them the Tom Brady stories. Us as players, we look at like they don't have they don't have what they used to have at that wide receiver position, and it's really all them meaning Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, you know? So we used to always say with time, and you saw what he did with Randy Moss, we say, man, give time a, 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 a Randy Moss, give time a, a, a Santonio Holmes, give time, and we saw what time did with AB for a stint. Mm -hmm. And, but time has been working with what he's been working with and he's been motivating and carrying that team for a long time. And this is no disrespect. I'm just going to go ahead and get this off my chest. Say um, it, Ike. Say it with your chest, Ike. We always, we always say it as players, you know. That's Tom Brady team as players. We always say it. And them Tom Brady trophies. We always say that. We always say it, man. Make a, uh, the NFL should make a statue of Tom Brady in every, at every city. At every city, that's that's just that's just how good and how consistent time was. You know, you 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 saw it in his body language. You saw it. You see it in his eyes. But like the dude, just he 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 cold. He cold blooded. He turned into a totally different person when that when that fourth quarter come. 
you know, so shout out to time, man. Big shout out to time. I know it's still a podcast. We got numbers, still a still a still a land, still a nation mm-hmm. listeners. But I'm just showing y'all the respect of Tom Brady. Now getting back to this offensive coordinator though, mm-hmm. Mark. Mm-hmm. Um I think the whole still a nation understands and I think they're on the same page with us too. Regardless on who we get in, we gotta establish the run. Because off the quarterbacks you just named the Herbrooks, the Lawrences, the the Burroughs, the the um who else? The Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens, the the Lamar Jackson. I mean, golly, man, we talk about AFC. Really, we talking about we talking about dang one point five billion dollars. <laughs> they're going to cannibalize each other too, Ike, because they're going to trade off Super Bowls. And in other eras, I think if you named any of those quarterbacks, that they would be the cream of the crop, but the play is so high for each of those high. players. High, 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 high. When you talk about talent and players at one position, like they high quarterbacks in the AFC just be that talented or that good. We don't know. That's what the AFC is doing. You know, so, I mean, you saw what Tom did. Tom, Tom went in four months. From the AFC to the NFC and call him a championship. Yeah. Tom said, man, let me get out this AFC right quick. Let me go into this NFC. I mean, the Patriots beat the Jets 15 times in a row. 15 times. Like, can you imagine your bitter rival, like, to where if you said, like, you lost to the Baltimore Ravens 15 times in a row? I'd throw up in my mouth. Oh my gosh. But Ike, the Steelers, the good thing, they're going to extend Mike Tomlin. Art Rooney said as such during the news conferences last week. It was the most candid I've seen Mike Tomlin in a media setting. And what I mean by that, Ike, is like speaking with reporters. Like we've seen him this honest on podcasts when he was here on the Believe in Steelers show and he's talking with you former player when he's gone on the pivot with Ryan Clark, when he's talked with Bryant McFadden shout out to both of those guys. They have terrific podcasts as well. Yes. I've seen him that honest with former players who played for him and with him, but I'd never seen him that honest with reporters. And I'll be honest after the last game of the season, I was disappointed when he walked off and, ESPN's Brooke Pryor asked him, hey, you're entering the final year of his contract before she could even ask the question. He walked out. I get that it's frustrating in the immediate aftermath of a loss, but that's her duty and responsibility as a reporter, Ike. And I'll put on my reporter hat for a minute. She has bosses that are mandating that she asks that question in that situation, regardless of whether Tom Leonard likes it or not. And... He even says, hey, afterwards, I thought Tomlin handled it well when he spoke with reporters the following week, saying probably could have handled that better, but in the immediate aftermath of a playoff game, that's just not where my mind is. But, I, you know, I've seen other Mike Tomlin news conferences where he's usually very good. I've seen a few that are like, Ooh, I don't know, things aren't going great right now. But it was the most honest I've seen him, and I thought he absolutely mastered it of, what Pittsburgh needs to do in 2024 and beyond. And extending him is going to be a big part of that because 
you can then bring in the top talent and the best possible offensive coordinator to finally get this right. My concern is, my concern is this. You were killing it with the killer bees, AB, Le'Veon Bell. Like think back to when Randy Feekner took over, right? I and on paper you had AB, Le'Veon Bell, Juju Smith Schuster, Martavis Bryant. Hey, we're gonna go light up the scoreboard. Everything unfolds to where really you're just down to Juju Smith Schuster, James Conner, who couldn't stay healthy with just how everything unfolded there. My concern is you get the offense right and the defense regresses back to what it was. And it's like, you've never really bottomed out, but it's going to be a big season for a lot of players that are in contract seasons. Ike, and this roster is going to look very different come 2025 because contract season, let's just look up and down the roster right now. Okay. If you're going to pick up Najee's fifth year option, which we'll talk about here in just a second. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, last year of his contract, Deontay Johnson, Dan Moore Jr., defensively, Cam Hayward, Patrick Peterson, DeMonte Casey. Like, there are a lot of key contributors, starters on this team right now to where two years from now, this roster is going to be very, very different. And can you get it right? Can you build off 10 and 7? And can you finally move closer to winning that seventh Lombardi and having playoff success? in winning your first playoff game since January of 2017. Okay, so I'm going to go all the way back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my reporter hat on, right? All right, all right. And this this what I dislike about the bad producers and the bad bosses at the top. Yeah. They don't, they don't understand because they want to be the first. They want to be the first, the first, the first, the first, the first, the first. Well, info, they looking for so many views and views and views and views and views and views. They're putting their employees at risk to not build relationships. So if if Brooke, because Brooke Pryor has been on our show. Yep. If her boss wanted her at that time to ask Coach T that question, and her boss understood what it was, a good boss will understand and Brooke probably would have been able to tell her boss, look, I don't think it's a good time. The temperature ain't right. Um, I got ties with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know the head guy who works along with Coach T, Burt, and I already informed Burt. I would like I would like to be the first to ask Coach T about his contract situation whenever the time mm-hmm. is right. Is that cool? And I, let me just interrupt you really quickly. Burt is the Steelers PR representative, just so our listeners and yes. viewers know that. That's That's – that's what good producers allow their employees. That's the flip side bosses. of that, though, Ike, and I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Too. But coaches cannot dictate what a reporter asks. And so you get the mm-hmm. moment of Tomlin just walking off. Right. But you see but you see what I'm saying. I I'm, I'm saying as a reporter, the, the more trust I can have from a player and a coach, the more information I'm going to give you. That, that's that's all that's all players and coaches are saying. If you come in, if you come in, man, you checking the temperature, and this is just if you if you see the temperature isn't high, because we 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 as players and coaches would love for y'all would love would like for y'all to get in our shoes, and we're gonna put y'all in out in in your shoes. So we're gonna ask you when you're having a bad day at work. 
you know what's going on in your household we're going to ask you if you're going through a divorce why the heck you going through a divorce it's just some of the questions we're going to ask you for you to understand how we feel so when i say checking the temperature and building relationships the relationships go man you can't even put a price on the relationships you know so i get it from a producer standpoint but the good producers and bosses i've worked with they understood relationships are way better than the views and the likes because i can get more out of them the first i can get more in the first off of whatever subject because it's a trust relationship it's an understanding relationship so that's that's what i would say because there's been some bad producers and some bad bosses when it come down but it's also been some good ones i've been around some good ones but the, the best producers I've worked for, Ike, have had experience field reporting where they've been boots they on the ground before. They un they understand. They understand checking the temperature. They understand they'll rather they'll rather gain a long term relationship with one of these players or these coaches and let the boss give them an earful the next day and then get more then get more stories out a top player or a coach mm -hmm. to let their boss know I did this because I'm I'm on the field, I'm checking the temperature. Right now, the question you really wanted me to ask wasn't at the right time. So, even if it is the elephant in the room, though, and and I, after that game, because you move on to, okay, not maybe in the immediate aftermath, but what does this mean moving forward? That's what we try to do here on this show, as well as like every time we talk on the microphone here, it's what you should be thinking and why you should be thinking that way. That's simple. Right. I mean, we all we all love Brooke. I mean, Coach, when Coach calmed down, you know, Coach came back, and I'm sure he talked to Brooke uh, after. But at the time, I'm sure he wasn't even seeing Brooke right now. He was just, he was just thinking on what happened after the game. Yeah. Like his mind ain't sitting on no his mind ain't sitting on no contracts, man. His mind is what the heck I'm gonna tell these players at the end of the game. You know, what's my speech gonna be at the end of the game? I'm just guessing. So. Um, that's 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 just what it is. But then you go back. They went all you know. You know, social media undefeated. So they went all the yeah. back to Coach Chuck No. Yes. When the reporter asked Chuck No about the situation, and Chuck No, what he did, he politely hopped himself up and took off. In the so, late eighties, like in time in is a late, flat circle. In the late eighties. <laughs> so that's 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 just what it, that's just what it is, and it's just so happened to be a coincidence from a former. Pittsburgh still a coach to a present. Pittsburgh still a coach. You mess around to ask that question, they gonna mess around and walk off. And you know they got that they got that thing on the internet. F around and find out. <laughs> so, so you can f around. You can f around and find out if you want to. All right, Ike. We got to rip through two more yeah, topics yeah. because Najee's fifth year option is gonna be a big point of discussion between now and May second. I'm going to be on record. I would lean towards no in at, uh, answering this question. The upside, though, 1,000 yards, three straight seasons, hasn't been done since Alfred, since Alfred Morris. He stays healthy. Week nine and on since he came to the league, most rushing yards, most like broken tackles other than Raheem Mostert. I get all the arguments there. It's He's a chain mover. There's not the home run hitting ability. His long run of his NFL career is 37 yards. I think it was getting better. I think it could be better with better quarterback play, better line play, better play calling. But $6.6 million, it's like right at the top of what I would want to pay for a yearly salary from Najee Harris. And I will say this, period, Ike, is this. 
if this were, say, $10.1 million, which if he had made the Pro Bowl all outright as a rookie and not as an alternate, I don't even think this would be a discussion. I lean towards no. It has nothing to do with how Najee comports himself, his leadership that he brings to the locker room, but it's just how I value in the positional value of running backs in the league. I take off in any direction you'd like to with this, but we have a lot of time between now and May 2nd of do the Steelers pick up the fifth-year option for the 2025 season for Najee Harris? Yeah, I'm going to let you talk about that. That's when you push the report ahead on me. All right. On the other hand, you know, I am always want uh, my players to get their money, players to get their money. Um, that's, something to, that's up to O and company and his agents, see if they can get a number across, see what happens for the 2025 season. Uh, but for me, uh, Najee, three, you know, three, three, 1,000 yards, seasons back to back to back, saying a lot about Najee and what he can do. Um, I, I don't know if people seen Najee in person, but Najee looks like a tight end. For real. 6'4", 250, 240, however you want to spend it. Um, probably a couple, three, four, five, six, seven percent body fat. Dude just all the way different. Um, and no, I don't want a running back that hits home runs. I want a chain mover. Because if I get a running back, um, and I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to see CJ. I'm gonna go to Chris Johnson, CJ two K. I'm gonna go to Chris Johnson. Once Chris Johnson start start running them four twos and he start running four fours, they say he's too slow. I'm gonna say it again. Once they say once Chris Johnson start running four twos and started running four fours, they say he was too slow. So no, I don't want I don't want the the home run hitters give me the Frank Gore's all day when it comes down to the running backs. Frank Gore, Frank Gore, me all day. He's going to be a chain mover. He's going to be in the league 15, 16, 17 years. He's damn near going to be injury free. And I know one thing I can get four or five yards from him every time if I scheme it up right. So, yeah, when you come into the league and you're called a home run hitter, as soon as you stop hitting them home runs, they say you ain't got it no more. So I'd rather give me the longest 37 yards out of Najee career and that be the longest for the next 15, 16 years. I'd take that all day. He's a chain mover. Um, I know when we get down to that red zone, it's one person that's going to stop Najee, and that's Najee. So, yeah, um, the Christian McCaffreys, uh, they don't come around too often. Um, even the Gibbs, the Jamar Gibbs sitting over there in Detroit, you know, he reminds me of uh, – Name. What's my tight? What's my uh, running back from New Orleans? Kamara. Uh, Kamara. He he reminds me of Alvin Kamara. Them three. Them Kamaras. Them Gibbs. And them Christian McCaffreys. Them guys don't come around too often, you know. So them guys are just special. They're in their own little world. When you want to come, when you want to talk about a running back position. Now, as far as like you know, the Nick Chubbs, the Najees, the Derrick Henry, Henrys. They in their own little world. You know, we talking about the 240, 250 plus mm-hmm. kind of guys. And yeah, Nick Chubbs here hit home runs. And yeah, Derrick Henry, you know, he hit home runs. But schematically, it's built around them. You know, the Nick Chubbs, the offense is built around Nick Chubbs. Derrick Henry uh, for the Tennessee Titans at the time. The offense is built around him. Right now, Najee just winging it. You know, and he's still able to hit, you know, the thousand yards his first three uh, seasons of the NFL. So, you know, you know, I'm always want a player to get their money, Mark. You're going to always put your GM hat on and, you, and you're going to describe why or why not. So I'll let you do that part of it, especially when it comes down to the Steelers. I got to stay out of it because that's above my pay grade. 
Respect that, Ike, with your position as a scout with the Steelers. And we'll see what Pittsburgh ends up doing. And if they do decide not to pick up the fifth-year option and Najee is entering a contract season, oh, my Lord, the level of production in the 2024 season, Ike, psychologically, because we saw hints of it this past offseason when he was talking about the contracts running backs have gotten and how they're undervalued in this league when Saquon Barkley was trying to get his new deal with the Giants. And this is going to be a shrewd negotiation on both sides. When that comes to fruition, I have zero doubts about that. Let's go to let's go to Super Bowl picks really quickly, and we'll wrap up here. AFC Championship, you got Chiefs and Ravens. NFC Championship, you've got 49ers and Lions. How do you see this playing out, and who do you like to win the Super Bowl now that we're down to four? Man, I ain't gonna really say who I like. I think the I think the Ravens gonna come out, come out with this one. Um, I think it's just Lamar time. I think Lamar locker room is different. It's a lot of veteran guys sitting in a locker room, especially from bless you, especially from the offensive side and in the wide receiver position. I think Zay Zay Flowers is really a, a huge hit when it comes down to one on ones and getting open. Um, we talked about this guy, uh, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is a All Pro tight end but we talk about likely coming out of the drive from coastal carolina three years ago mark and you saying how likely it's getting liked in that offense with the baltimore ravens he's different he's special and you know lamar just be lamar when he needs to be lamar lamar doesn't need to be lamar every snap back in the day so now he's able to pick and choose now the offensive coordinator is able to pick and choose when they want to use his feet and now it becomes 11 on 11 and we all know 11 on 11 football there's no there's no linebacker there's no corner there's no safety there's no defense defense end, there's no defensive tackle when lamar wants to pick up yards and be lamar and play backyard football ain't nobody gonna stop him you know so it's just now they get the the ravens get to pick and choose when they want lamar to do that because the offensive weapons they have around him now, so I'm going to go with the Ravens against the Kansas City Chiefs. No disrespect to uh, Patrick Mahomes. I just think it's the Ravens' time. On the NFC side, mm-hmm. that matchup, um, I mean, as much, as much as I love San Fran, Fred Warner and company, Christian McCaffrey and company, Trent and company, Debo Samuels, if he plays company. like with Debo, he's 50-50 at the time of this recording. We'll see. Yeah, if 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 he plays, just just that that personality, that attitude. Um, Jared Goff been to a Super Bowl, but I don't think Jared Goff ever had that kind of love in the locker room for him. So, it's Jared's Goff's team. Everything is running through that. Um, and I think I think I think it's just time for the the Detroit Lions. I think the Detroit Lions getting Garda Johnson um, in the secondary. He got the personality in the secondary. I think Philly understand every time you want to get something that looks better, ain't better because you didn't had you some good sitting over there. So we see what Philly secondary doing. We saying what the uh, Detroit Lions secondary doing, having attitude and making plays. Um, Amon, uh, 
you want to talk about a story as being a wide receiver, he he still has in his head what pick he was as a wide receiver coming out of college and what he was in the draft. And he got that Tom Brady mentality with a chip on his shoulder. And then you go on the wide receiver side. We all know what they got when it comes down to the running back position. They got a two-headed monster at that running back position. And we're not even going to talk about a rookie position, Laporta. You know, he's for some reason, and I, me and my cousin have been talking about this all playoffs. I said it's tight end seasons. When playoffs come, the tight ends become all pros because they're the ultimate mismatch and they will get targeted a lot. And just think about all the playoff games, all really the big plays, they're coming from the tight ends. Fairmont, tight ends. Kincaid, tight ends. Laporta's tight ends. Um, Kelsey, tight end. Um, just, yeah, just Kelsey was showing off for his girlfriend in the divisional round, Dyke. He ain't got to do that on the field. He can do that when they're alone. <laughs> so she already she already stamped and approved. He ain't even worried about that. That's just a bonus for her to say, oh, that's my man. <laughs> that's, 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 all, that's all that is. Dyke, but, I just got to say this, too, when we're talking about the Kelsey family. Find really? someone in your life that supports you as much as Jason Kelsey supports his brother Travis with the shirt off and drinking beers. It was terrific television. Man, it's good. He's showing he showing us what a family reunion looks like uh, <laughs> worldwide. We get to see it nationally. You know, we get to see we get to see what the country brother does nationally. You know, and he deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. But same same mom, same dad, two different kind of human beings between the Kelsey, between the Kelsey boys. Boy, that's what genes to do for you. Um, but you know, it's just the love they have for each other. So it's good to see on a national level. But yeah, man, that's just, I'm going to go with Detroit and I'm going to go with the Ravens. It's amazing because I have the exact opposite. Like, and the conspiracy theorist in me is like, maybe you can accuse me of being a Swifty, but the Chiefs have won games this year. The fact that they're back in the AFC championship game, it might as well be called the Patrick Mahomes Invitational because every year he's been a starter. He's been in the conference championship game. They've won games differently this year. It's not been the high-flying offense. It's been the defense. It's been ball control. Pacheco runs mad. And honestly, I can't believe they're here. And Baltimore's defense is much different than Buffalo's because Buffalo had plenty of injuries. But it's like until you can knock them off, I think they advance. I like the 49ers, assuming Debo plays. Right. And I like the 49ers to win the Super Bowl, but Ike, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, we'll I see how I'm this not, plays out. I it, can't wait for this weekend. It was hard. It was hard for me to pick who I wanted to pick. Um, I had this conversation last night with a few people. Uh Patrick Mahomes was playing playoff football in the regular season because he wasn't able to score points like how we're used to him able to score points. He wasn't able to have that consistent top-notch receiver like how we're used to him having that top-notch receiver other than Travis Kelsey. If I'm not so, mistaken, I, they, he had the most drops of any of any quarterback in the league from his yeah, receivers. So, all, all, so all, all, they, all they've been playing the whole year, Mark, is playoff football, close games. So every time it gets close, you know, the buttholes don't get tight coming from the KC <laughs> – uh, sideline they they just like we've been doing this all year but um yeah I can see what you're saying about uh San Fran on that side 
But for me, I you know Jared Goff versus Brock Purdy. I'm just gonna rock with. I'm gonna rock with uh, and I and I love Brock. I love Brock, but I'm gonna rock with Jared Goff on this one. So really, I'm gonna be devil's advocate. I'm gonna go with the two, um, two underdogs. And even though they're playing at home, uh, like you said, it's hard not to bet on Patrick Mahomes. And speaking of betting, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag, um, 365, 24-7, regardless of what sport it is. Right now, y'all should be betting hot because don't nobody get more views than football in the playoffs between the NFC Championship and the AFC Championship than the National Football League. So again, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. I thought they were real smooth coming from you. Right, that's third person. But yeah, Mark, that's my two right now. BLEAV is the promo code <laughs> 50% off the welcome bonus. 92 of the top 100 watch broadcasts in 2023, the NFL like. So there you go, betonline.ag. Thank you to them as a presenting sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show. Ike Taylor, I have to thank you. You're the absolute best. He is swagging you. I am Mark Bergen. This has been another edition of Believe in Steelers. And Ike, five stars and five stars only. Apple, Spotify, tap that subscribe button on YouTube as well. You know, I second that. One thing, believe in still this podcast. Got to thank my dog, Mark, my brother, Mark, for rocking with me. One thing, betonline.ag for being with us since day one. Make sure y'all subscribe to YouTube. Give us a five star on the Apple podcast. Thanks for tuning in, viewing in, and listening in. We love y'all. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching Believe in Steelers. We'll see you next time. Till then, take care. So long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.